Hello everyone, my name is Ivana and welcome back to my show, Got Appetite. On today's episode, I will be talking to you about Spanish food coming straight out of Spain. I have heard many, many good things about their food, so I thought, why not? I could share that with you guys and hopefully I, it interests you into trying it yourself. Now, if you're interested in finding out more about Spanish food, then stay tuned and find out right after a short music break. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Hello everyone, welcome back. I hope you had a little taste of Spanish music and what it actually sounds like. So this actually is most specifically, um, this is the flamenco music. And if you didn't know, flamenco's origins are a subject of much debate. And that is because it has only been documented for the past 200 years. And the word flamenco, which applies to the song, the dance, and the guitar, did not come into use until um, the about the 18th century. So much of what we know before this time comes from stories that have been passed down through families and in a similar way to um, the flamenco song itself. Although many of the details of the development of flamenco are lost in history, many of the details of the development of flamenco um, yeah, since many of them are lost, it is certain that it is originated in Andalusia and that from um, back then and when Spain was under the Arab domination, that is. So when they were under this domination, their music and musical instruments were modified and adapted uh, by Christians and Jews and later on by gypsies becoming a hybrid music that was separate from the musical forms which were cre which created it. So the flamenco dance later on um, started to have its firm position in the ballrooms. And then from 1915 and on, um, flamenco shows were organized and performed all over the world. And nowadays, flamenco is known all around. So that is how um, that type of music and that type of dance came to be. Um, now let's get to the fun part which is the list of foods that everyone has been waiting for. So I'll start off with the first food uh, on this list and that is the croquetas. So you can find this Spanish plate of croquetas in almost any restaurant or bar and each that's made to the establishments of own so sometimes it could be like a secret recipe um, combining ingredients like jamon, which is cured meat, or bacalao, which is the Atlantic codfish, um, and with bechamel sauce, which is then breaded and fried. So the creamy cheese called queso, um, croquetas, pack a smooth flavor or you could, or you could try the croquetas of the local sweet spiced black sausage which is which the spanish called morcilla or the spanish blue cheese which they they call queso de cabrales uh and that is just for a unique spanish flavor um it's also a good yardstick for comparing food in spain the the quality of a bar restaurant can often be judged by their ability to handle the Spanish tapa staples of the croquetas or bravas, the Spanish that is the Spanish potato chips. And the traditional scrub down bars usually serve the best. Um, another food is the tortilla española. So this, this this is the Spanish omelet. So the Spanish omelet is another very um, loved top Spanish food. And everyone has an opinion on how to cook it. It's a great starter or even a meal uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And no doubt you'll come across 
many, many Spanish potato omelets um, if you visit Spain. And like the croquetas, you can find them in almost any bar and to a varying degrees of quality and flavor. Now, the best ones usually come from slow cooking caramelized onion and potato and olive oil, which later creates a very soft, sweet center uh, once the egg is added, and then it is cooked into a thick omelet, and it's almost like a cake of omelet and um, onion and potato. So it's a tasty Spanish snack that you'll see around. Um, it's a wedge. It's a wedge of omelet that's squeezed between bread to make a nice sandwich that they like to call bocadillo. Um, another food is the gazpacho or salmorejo. This is a chilled tomato soup that has claimed space in supermarkets and on menus all around the world, but few can compare to the refreshing Spanish gazpacho that's made with a full-flavored Spanish tomatoes. This is usually eaten as an appetizer and sometimes like is drunken straight from a bowl or glass. Uh, but it's a thick soup that's made from blending a whole heap of fresh tomatoes, green peppers, cucumbers, garlic, onions, vinegar, and herbs. And it's the perfect Spanish food for the summer. As well as it's a low calorie and it's a healthy dish. So if you're into that, you're trying to, you know, get rid of some, a couple pounds, especially now for um, this holiday season that then this is your dish and salmorejo is a similar version that's that combines uh, bread tomatoes garlic and vinegar and it's also served cold so that's you know for like a soup being served cold it's it's interesting but um and it's sometimes varied with like a bit of ham or egg um slices on top another food is the pisto and this is the Spanish rata, radioli. And this, this is a vegetarian top Spanish dish. And is honestly for all ages. And it can be eaten as a tapa or like they call that an appetizer. Um, or a side dish to the meats or even as a meal um, with a fried egg on top or chorizo. And this Spanish dish is made of tomatoes, peppers, zucchini, onions, garlic, and of course, olive oil. Um, now, in a lot of these foods that I'm about to mention, olive oil is a big ingredient for these dishes. Um, olive oil is very popular in Spain, so they include it in most of their foods. Now, back to the dish, the pisto. Um, this is like a competition of intense roasted flavors that makes this a very tasty recipe that you could even try it at home. Um, you can find it in all restaurants around Spain and especially in the towns the, across the plains of La Mancha, which is found um, in south of Madrid. Um, another is cured meats, um, which includes jamón, chorizo, and salchichón. Jamón is very popular in Spain. It is, it's carved thinly off cured legs of pork that you will see hanging in most bars and restaurants. Jamón is a very serious business and an art in Spain, 
with many factors in place to determine quality, such as what the pigs are fed, the type of pig, and the curing process. So it's um it's it's like it's a it's a big process for them. You know they want to have the best of the best, and jamón ibérico de bellota is the top category where the Spanish pigs ibérico are free range and acorn fed bellota. Or um, other and other types include the iberico, which are just corn fed, or the serrano ham, which are typically cheaper. So there's a difference between these two types of these two type of hams, but usually Spain prefers the iberico um, because it's just better, um, and that's why the serrano ham is usually cheaper because it's not as good as the jamón. The jamón ibérico. Now, another Spanish favorite is chorizo. This is a cured sausage with sweet and spicy flavors, and it's identified by its red smoking pepper coloring. And you'll see this, this softer flavor, salchichón. It's served on um, just a lot of mixed platters. Another is the pulpo alla gallega. This is a boiled octopus dish that gets its unique flavors from macaration in three simple ingredients. The paprika, which is the pimenton, the crusty rock salt, and a drizzle of olive oil. Again, olive oil. And this is a signature dish, and you'll find it on the menu in many, uh, in many restaurants around Spain, and especially in many polveiras, this... Um, that means octopus restaurants. And um, the top Spanish dish is, usu is usually served with a potato or two on top of a wooden platter. It was um, also traditionally cooked at fairs in copper cauldrons, which supposedly gave this octopus a unique taste that couldn't be achieved with other ways of cooking. And you can see... You can still see this uh, fair style of cooking in some places, like in Lugo, where this dish is a celebratory food for the fair of its um, patron saint called San Frolia. Um, the Spain's most famous bean stew and salads. Now, Spain is a home to a wide variety of unique beans. And certain regions are famous for particular types and dishes. For example, the large white kidney beans from the Austria's region, they call it fava austriana, where these tender creamy beans are key in the local bean stew. Um, now, the, the town of Tolosa even holds a week-long festival during the time of November in honor of this local um, black bean, Alubias de Tolosa, that's what they call it. And rising international demand for Spain's tasty beans has always been uh, present and it, it just becomes available in large supermarkets all around, all around the world. And um, Spain reportedly has more than 20 bean varieties, with some even having protected the, this geographic status. 
and some of these types include Jodion de la Granja and Barco de Avilla beans, Alubias de la Bañeza León, Lorenza beans, those are from Lugo, and Rubia de la Amuña. This is, those are one of the best Spanish lentils from La Amuña. Um, and around Spain, you can, you can find many regional bean stews that are known as favoda, which involve cooking the beans slowly with a mixture of meats like the chorizo, pancetta, black sausage, and um, etc., just depending on the region. And the stew favoda asturiana is one of the most widely um, type of stew that's available in restaurants um, across Spain and is commonly eaten in the winter, although you can find it um, throughout the whole season. Now, um, a twist on this is the Madrid is the Madrid's uh, cociado, and this adds vegetables and cabbage to a tasty mix of sausages and chickpeas. Um, for chickpeas, some of the best include the Blanco Lechoso, um, the Castellano, which is a fleshy um, yellowish chickpea that's grown in southern Spain, and the smaller um, Perosillano. Now, the buttery fine skinned chickpeas come from Fuente, Fuente Sauco, um, and they have received pr the protected geographic status. Now, Spain's beans also make a flavorsome bean salads. Um, you can just drizzle on some olive oil, lemon, vinegar, and salt, and alongside um, a nice diced garlic, tomato, onion, and green and red peppers. So that was a lot of information just for beans, but as you could see, they have a lot of varieties that you could taste and uh, possibly, if you're not a fan of beans, um, maybe you can taste the, the different varieties that Spain has to offer. Maybe you'll like um, at least one or two, um, the types, the two types of beans. Now, another food is the paella. This is, again, a very, very known um, dish. It's a rice-based dish, and it's known internationally. Um, although in Valencia, you will find many authentic uh, variations that um, catch a lot of attention. And some consider this a national dish of Spain. But many, many uh, consider it just a Valencia dish from where it originated. And you can typically find the best paella in that region. The most traditional paella is a mixer, is a mixture of chicken or rabbit, or even both sometimes, um, and white and green beans and other vegetables. But seafood is also common, so uh, you can find an array of seafood surprises among some flavorsome rice um, and calamari, clams, prawns, uh, fish, it's just depending on what you order. Um, and for the adventurous, um, a black rice stained by octopus ink is also a must try and they call it arroz negro, which means black rice. And if you find paella with less common ingredients like eel 
or duck, um, don't miss the rare chance. But that is only if you are an adventurous type and you would, um, you wouldn't be scared <laughs> to try something so rare and different. Um, now the fiduea is again is another like tasty twist on this rice-based paella, and it uses a small curly pasta instead. Fried milk is another one, and you might not find leche frita, they call it, on every menu, but it sure is a classic Spanish um, dessert that you could try for something unique. It's firm, cool milk pudding um, that contrasts with a warm, crunchy um, encasing of flour and egg, and it's dusted with some sugar and cinnamon. It's a similar popular Spanish dessert is uh, the torrijas. It's it's a mix between French toast and bread pudding where large slices of bread are soaked in milk and sugar and then they're lightly fried in a pan and then they're topped with some more sugar and more cinnamon or honey. And the pudding-like consistency makes them an impressive but also an easy dessert just to you could even make it at home so it's not um if it's not on the menu you can make it at home and it's also not hard to it's not hard to not like the uh catalan version of creme brulee um and the crema catalana that can be found uh with many variations of orange or even lemon zest um, or cinnamon in many many Spanish restaurants and you'll also see many churreras um, which are styles or cafes that are serving up this thick Spanish hot chocolate and churros which is a thin long donut type pastry that you can just dip in your hot drink and the thicker the less sweet version is called porras and this one goes great with just coffee. And if you visit during the Christmas time, this is a must-eat. The must-eat sweet is called turron, which is a Spanish-style almond nougat. Um, I will have a more foods, a section of just desserts later on um, before the end of this show, just because I want to like end it with desserts. Um, so I will go into more details about these desserts, so stay tuned for that. Um, now, um, going back to dishes, the fronds and fried garlic. This is, again, in the top Spanish food. Um, simplicity and just drawing out natural flavors of fresh ingredients are key in Spain. And this is easily seen in this, um, in this dish. It's like a simple dish. Um, it's the, the small Spanish prawns are typically just like lightly cooked in a small clay dish of hot olive oil, roasted garlic, and usually a small chili um, that gives this dish a little kick. So it's hard not to want this dish when the fried garlic smell just hits you. That's unless you like if you don't like garlic then you're probably not gonna like this dish um and we're gonna get into more about like the drinking part 
in Spain and I have um, a nice list of just facts about uh, wine and how popular wine is in Spain. So we will get to that in a little bit. Stay tuned. Now I'm going to more foods. The tortilla de pasta, de pataras is another one. And this is, um, many tourists has, they have been confused by the Spanish tortilla because it's not like the regular, the regular tortilla that you usually know that's found in Latin American food. So it's, it's not the same. So the tortilla de pataras is also called tortilla española, is a thick potato omelet that's usually served by the slice. So there are many, many variations, honestly, and everyone has an opinion on which is better. Olives. So going to this one. It may sound simple, just olives, like really, but if you haven't tried olives, um, then you should try them in Spain because they have the best tasting olives there. And this simple fruit is just central to Spanish cuisine. It's whether in the form of that all-purpose ingredient olive oil or in its original state, you it, it just has something different in Spain. You will often be served a small bowl of olives before a meal just to kind of accompany a drink. But if you want to sample the best of the best, then you'll find them in a local Spanish market. And, um, you know, if you want to try that, those authentic uh, olives, then I suggest doing that. Now, another is the carillada. And this is just a rich, juicy, uh, tender. And that is exactly how carillada can best be described. So this dish consists of pork cheeks or even beef cheeks that um, are braised to perfection and they're usually soaked in some kind of a delicious sauce and it's honestly hard to go wrong with this classic but um, you can definitely also try it with a sweet red wine sauce and this obviously since Spain is known for their wines you already know that the sweet red wine sauce will taste amazing probably will add a great great flavor to um, the carillada. Another is the cochinillo. This is again a slow roasted suckling pig and it's another um, pork dish that deserves a place on this list. Um, you will find this traditional cochinillo in the city of Segovia but if you're lacking the time or the appetite to devour an entire pig then you can just sample it in uh, the little form of just this is called on a, in a tour and it's called the San Sebastian food tour and you can try it there if you're interested. Fried fish is another one um, and this is just an incredible fresh seafood that you'll find throughout the whole peninsula in Spain and in the southern region of Andalusia, it's usually deep fried, but if you are picturing like a soggy, tasteless fish sticks, then think again. You know, they they don't have that. They have a way better um, fish than you can think of. On 
and on um, a Sevilla tapa store, you'll be um, you can taste this this amazing fried fish, and it's guaranteed to not disappoint you. Um, another is the rabo de toro. So if you know anything about like the Spanish stereotypes, then you're probably familiar with this one. It's a it's a controversial tradition of bullfighting. But nowadays, you're more likely to see this these Spanish bulls, bulls on your plate. Um, so a rabo de toro is stewed bull's tail. So one of the country's most traditional dishes is this one. But again, it depends on your taste. Like you will either love it or hate it, but you never know until you try it, right? That's what I always tell myself. So it's uh, preferably you can find this in a, a very quintessential setting um, like the one that you could go visit um, on in Madrid. And in Madrid, they have special food tours that are simply just devoted to um, sampling the most traditional foods that Spain is known for. Another is a little fish um, that has some bad rep in other parts of the world, but honestly, you don't know because if you don't give them a try, you don't know. If you don't give them a chance, you can't judge. So this is a Spanish anchovies, which comes fresh, pickled, or fried. And they're nothing like the strong and sticky morsels that you probably have tasted somewhere. But if you're still a little, a little weirded out, um, you can try the deep fried variety um, and you just be prepared to be very surprised of how good it tastes. Another is the pantumaca. This is probably the simplest Spanish dish of all. And pantumaca is nothing but bread, olive oil, salt and fresh tomato spread and this is a perfect breakfast or even a side dish or an afternoon snack and can be found all over Spain but it's most famous in Catalonia so if you can sample it on one of these food tours that Spain has to offer then um, you might never look back and you can just one bite and that's it. You're never going back. Uh, you're staying there in Spain where they can offer the most authentic pantumaca. Another food is the salmorejo. This one, um, this is, so you might not be used to eating your soup cold, but salmorejo will make you wonder why you haven't tried that. So this is like very similar to gazpacho. So it is a thick tomato-based soup that's made with olive oil, bread crumbs, and just a lot of, lot of garlic. But this, this salmorejo originated in um, the southern city of Cordoba. But you can honestly sample this uh, authentic salmorejo um, all throughout the Andalusia. So the modern versions um, sub out the potatoes for beets um, and they can even add strawberries.
The bacalao is another famous, uh, famous Spanish dish, and it's just a salted cod that can be found in many forms. It could be grilled, fried, stuffing, uh, stuffing crispy croquettes, croquetas, and it's especially popular in the Basque Country in um, northern Spain, which is an area with a very um, culinary tradition all on its own. Jamón Ibérico, like I kind of mentioned uh, a little bit about that, this is the cured Iber Iberian ham. So it's hard to miss this, this giant dried pork legs just hanging from the ceilings of a lot of shops and bars everywhere look. So if you watch out, you will see this. Um, and you could definitely try it. And it's one of Spain's many varieties of locally. But, oh, you can also try it, but it's it's good if you try it with, um, um, alongside Spain, Spain's varieties of locally made cheeses, cheese. So don't miss out and definitely try their best, um, type of ham. Um, another is the gambas al ajillo. So if you walk into a tapas bar, the barman is going to handy, hand you a customer, um, as a customer, they'll definitely hand you a dish of this sizzling prawns. And this smell, it will hit you, but once it hits you, you'll want to order some. So you can recreate at home. All you have to do is just fry some sliced garlic and green chili and some olive oil and you throw it into the prawns for just a couple of minutes and you add some parsley. So it's a very simple dish, but it honestly has a great, great taste. Um, tostas de tomate jamón. This uh, basically, so basically black pigs roam among the home oak trees in western Spain in search of the acorns that give the marbled uh, magenta iberico ham its distinctive flavor. This is why the iberico ham, um, the jamón iberico, is very, very popular in Spain because of how marbled and uh, good this meat is. So if you rub a thick pieces of toast with garlic and tomato, and just pour on some olive oil and top it with slices of this jamón, it will be a great delicious lunch that you will not regret trying. Um, another is uh, patatas bravas. So again, this is very popular. Um, they, they're found all around the country, but they have a lot of versions. Um, and most of these versions involve chunks of fried potato. And in Madrid, the brava sauce is made with a sweet and spicy pimenton, which is the Spanish paprika, and olive oil, flour, and stock, but never tomatoes. And some people like to also add garlic just for a little flavor, but um, and some dash of like fennel sherry, and while others just um, have some kind of secret recipe that just keep them themselves and they don't like to give it away. Another is the 
cochinillo asado. So this one is um it's like a meat and it's cooked in huge wood-fired ovens and it's very very tender and it's cut with um the side of uh the plate. Now onto desserts like I promised. We have the turrón. So this is the Spanish love turrón. They devour it in massive amounts. And what it is, it's like an almond nougat. And especially at Christmas, it's available. This is eaten usually at Christmas, but it's honestly available all throughout the year. But most of it is made in the small town called Gijoana. Uh, and it's in the province of Alicante. And it's usually locally grown almonds that are mixed with honey and egg whites. There are um, two basic types. You can have the soft and smooth version, which is called the Gijoana. And you can have the hard Alicante turron, which contains some pieces of almond. Another dessert is the mantecados. So to a Spaniard, you if you just wash their eyes widen as they remember this rich and crumbly um, drop of cookies that have eaten usually again at Christmas since their childhood. They're very popular. Spaniards probably grew up with it. Um, so everyone knows about them. Um, and they're just very light and fluffy. They can melt in your mouth and just even if you make them yourself, like you'll never, um, you will understand why every Spanish home um, used to make them at Christmas because they're just so good. You know, you can share them with your family and just have a great time during the winter and um, they will make you feel very, very homey since they're so soft and light and fluffy and just great. Um, another is the polvorones. So this one has, it's up there, rank, it's ranked up there. It's um, a rich and crumbly polvorones that, that gets their name from the word polvo, which means dust. Um, they can literally just dissolve into just about a dust-like consistency in your hands or mouth. So you have to handle them with care since even even um, polvo is in is the word that's in uh, the name of this food. So just handle it with care. And um, some people also like to cover them in powdered sugar, uh, which looks even more dusty. So, but of course, they're very, very tasty. Another is the flan. This is just a classic Spanish flan that's made with vanilla egg custard and it's topped with a sweet and sticky caramel sauce. And it's one of the most famous and popular desserts for a reason because it's just light enough for those who are watching what they can eat and it's just enough and the perfect amount for any special occasion. So if you don't have um, uh, if you don't have the chance to try it anywhere, you can even make it at home. And I'm sure there are a bunch of recipes um, on the internet that you can come across and 
find your perfect recipe for you. Another is the crema catalana. So I know I, I mentioned this before. It's just a Spanish version of a creamy uh, creme brulee. Uh, creme brulee usually is has its origin in France, but crema catalana is also one that you should definitely try in Spain. Another is the um, natillas de leche. So this is like the Spanish custard, and it's one of the most uh, comfort foods that you could make. And many, many uh, Spanish adults, they recall their childhood as they eat this type of dessert. Um, another is the churros. Churros is just a very sweet and popular snack that's just a hot fried dough that's coated in uh, sugar crystals. And they take on a very long spiral shape that just makes them the perfect um, thing to just munch on the go and the most common place to find these would be like a tasty treats um, at like a roadside street stalls. Another one um, is this is not really a dessert but we're gonna move on to some drinks so a lot of uh, times Spain is popular for the sangria so I know this is not something you can eat but you can definitely if you're talking about foods and just drinks from Spain, you should definitely mention sangria. So that's why I added it. I added this to the list. And honestly, its legacy goes back to like 2,000 years when water was not always just safe to drink. So wine was often added to the water with hopes that alcohol would just kill any bacteria in the drink. And then fast forward to now, present day, you'll still find this, the red wine, orange juice, brandy, and sliced fruit that's mixed and is being served in Spain. So if you order, you can order in a glass or a pitcher, and you'll find out why this drink still remains um, a big, big favorite for a lot of people. Um, and we can move on to some fun facts about Spain. Hopefully you were not familiar with these, so... It'll be like a shock to you once I tell you what they are. Um, so Spain actually makes 44% of the world's olive oil. Hence, it is so used in their dishes. And that is more than twice that of Italy and four times that of Greece. And you know that Italy and Greece also have a lot of, um, use a lot of olive oil in their foods. And I also did, uh, a show on Italy and Greece so you guys can um, always um, if you guys watch those shows then you would know um, the foods that Italy and Greece um, are known for and as a result actually the top olive oil pro producing country in the world so Spain Spain is that country and more than a quarter of Spain, Spain's uh, oil, so 10% of the total world production, comes from the province of Jaén. Um, so that is a cool fun fact. Another is that tapas are not a type of food, but they're just a way of eating it. Um, the art of tapas in Spain is, involves going out to a bar. And usually the more crowded it is, the better 
just with a big group of friends and you order just like several plates that you could share. They come in, um, they're like little samples, they come in and um, they're good to share. So you, it's like you try a lot of different um, varieties of their food in a small sample and you kind of, it's kind of like a tasting. It's very, it's very cool. Um, another is, um, to the Spanish claim to have invented fried fish. Now, Great Britain had great links to the Cadiz in the 18th century, but it is thought the British just imported the idea of fish and chips from there. But it remains still one of the most popular dishes in Spain, as I mentioned before, and um, you can even find it in the UK today. Um, and potatoes, tomatoes, avocados, tobacco, and cacao, which is used for chocolate, were all imported into Europe by Spain. And um, interesting fun fact is that Spain is one of the top five importers of scotch whiskey in the whole world. And grapes are the third biggest crop in Spain that come right after grains and olives. Um, and 15.5% of the world's vineyards are in Spain. So that makes Spain the top country in the world in terms of area that is covered by vineyards. Isn't that so cool? Um, since, since they have that, then you bet they have some good wine. So 61.5% of Spain's vineyards are white, but that doesn't mean that they don't have some good red, um, some good red wine as well. They have excellent um, red and white wines. Um, and now I have some restaurant suggestions for you guys that you could visit near this area of New Jersey. So one restaurant is called the Taste Taste of Spain, and this is located in Northville, New Jersey. And it's just a Spanish restaurant with a nice homey vibe and just a nice selection of seafood dishes as well. Um, another is the Chateau of Spain restaurant. This is located in Newark and it just offers a lot of classic Spanish and Portuguese cuisine in a just a warm casual setting. The Meson Madrid is another restaurant and this one is located in Palisades Park. And to give a nice portions uh, of Spanish food and sangria in, in a old a world lodge-like space with um, lofty ceilings. El Cid is another restaurant. This is located in Paramus. And this is more of an upscale restaurant with just a nice vibrant atmosphere that serves giant portions of Spanish cuisine and sangria. So... Thank you everyone for tuning into my show today. I hope you guys have an amazing day and I hope you get to try Spanish food one day. And if you haven't, since now you know what to order. So you go ahead and order. Um, bye everyone. Now back on to some uh, music break.
Thank you.